0: Father, I thank you that we will have life and have life more abundantly. Why? Because we're about to hear the word of God. And your word says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So life is in your word. For David said, your lamp is a light unto my feet and a path, Uh, your lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we thank you for what your light has come to do. And specifically this morning, God, I thank you that your light has come to light up everywhere in our lives where the enemy has been hiding. Everywhere where demonic forces and spiritual powers, God, have been making warfare against your church, we declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that we're going to be loosed from everything the enemy's trying to do to us, God. We're going to be loosed from it those things that we know about and the things that we don't know about I thank you that through Jesus Christ every generational curse is broken there's no curse on any believer every curse has been put upon Jesus Christ so I thank you that Jesus Christ is the curse breaker and there are no curses upon Christians No curses upon Christians, because we have believed on Jesus Christ for our salvation, and that totally encompasses everything. It is a total package. Not only do we have salvation through the blood of Jesus, but we also have healing that has been provided by Jesus Christ as well. We also have freedom for who the Son has set free is free indeed. Church, can you say this with me? I am free indeed. So Father, I thank you for freedom and freedom indeed this morning. May your word and may the name of Jesus Christ, may the name of Yeshua set us free in every way today. I thank you, Father God, for time standing still as this word goes forth, God. May we not be concentrating on what time it is, but may we in this moment be locked into your presence in such a way, God, that time doesn't matter. Father, I thank you that we're not going to be in a hurry this morning. We're going to get free this morning. We're going to understand how to use the name of Jesus this morning. We're going to allow you to have your way through the power of your Holy Spirit. You're going to make us free. And you are going to call us to be trailblazers, ones who can set others free as well. Because it's not just what happens in this church, but it's what happens to the church. Because if something happens to the church, we can take it outside of the church and give it to the world. For we are the salt and light of the world. And may we be effective salt and effective light. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, can you say amen? Let's give God praise one more time. As we go into his word. You need to know this, you're not just churchgoers. You're not just outsiders. That Jesus Jesus has a plan to use your life for his good. Jesus has a plan to use your life for his good. Jesus has a plan to use your life to tear down the kingdom of darkness and set people free. And I thank you, Father God, that you are awakening your church to see that church is not just for this building, but we are the building of the church. We are where your spirit resides. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Lord, I thank you for your anointing being upon me and the listeners as well, your disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing in our uh, series entitled Exercising Our Authority. And today's title specifically is called Authorized to Resist. Can you say that with me? Authorized to resist. So, in the name of Jesus, we've been authorized to resist and permitted to share in the glory of his victory by faith. Say this with me, church. I've been authorized to resist the enemy authorized to resist so it's not just the pastor you don't always got to run to the pastor it's you the believer as well that's been authorized to resist If you're tired of what the enemy has been doing in your life, if you're tired of what the enemy has been doing in our nation, in your city, then you need to know this, that you've been authorized to resist. You see, you're not waiting on God to show up. God is waiting on you to make a difference in your own neighborhood. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a time to pray. There's a time to pray, but then there's also a time to flex. There's also a time to to, to put your chest out and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, the drug dealing in my neighborhood comes to an end today. There's a time where you have to stand up and and resist the enemy and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, all the evil that's happening in the city must stop in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we've been given the authority to resist. Man, when you read the Bible, you've got to sometimes read it in first person. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. His spirit is in you. So you can't, we can't just wait for Jesus to be doing what he already told us that we've got the power to do. Amen. Father, I thank you that religious mindsets are broken right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that false teachings are broken right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that pride is broken right now in Jesus' name so that your truth may come forward and set us free. The first thing I need to talk about is the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. The prophet Isaiah, before the birth of Jesus Christ, foretold that there would be a man that would come with the Spirit of the Lord upon him. So listen to the prophecy, Isaiah 61 and 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and and to proclaim that captives will be released. And prisoners will be free. Church, can you say will be? be. So the prophecy, praise God, was will be. That one day that the Son of God would come and that these things would begin to happen. But while it's a prophecy, it still will be okay that foretells of the future then jesus christ came to this earth and there was a time where he was in the temple and he called for the scroll of isaiah and luke 4:18 4, we see that account and this is what it says when jesus opened the scroll he was going to read about himself it says this the spirit of the lord is upon me For he has anointed me, hallelujah, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. So this Messiah, Jesus Christ, he began to go around doing the good works of his Father. He began healing the sick and raising the dead and opening blind eyes. And then John the Baptist, the one who was going to foretell the coming of the Messiah, he was in prison, and he sent word to the disciples saying, is this the one? So let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 6, to see if this was truly the Messiah that was prophesied in Isaiah 61. Matthew 11, 2 through 6 says this, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Who did he go ask? That was weak. Who did he go ask? are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. Now remember the prophecy? The prophecy is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. So, John sent word to this man, the Messiah, named Jesus. And he's saying, are you the one? And here is the report from the Lord. And that is why, church, we must always believe the report of the Lord. Dawn is sitting over there right now. She got a report from the doctor saying that her bones were crushed and they needed to do something different. But she refused to only believe the report of the doctor. She said, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe on the Messiah. I'm going to believe on the one who is a healer. So John's disciples went to Jesus and here's what Jesus told them to go back and tell John. The blind see The lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. So Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I think we need to say that in this house. Can you say this with me? Jesus Christ Christ is Christ. is the Messiah. Can we give God praise for that this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah! That the Messiah isn't coming, the Messiah has come, and he's going to return. And he came, and he healed, and he did everything he was prophesied to do. So, Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah, the only begotten Son of God. He came into this world to destroy the works of Satan. And every single one of us is either located in two places, You see, realtors say location, location, location. Every single one of us is living in one of two places. I'm not talking about these physical bodies. I'm talking about your soul. There's only two places to live. You can live in sin or you can live in Christ. That's where we all are right now. Every single one of us. There's only two places to be. You see, there's a letter I in sin and there's a letter I in Christ. So you can only be one of those two places. I know a lot of us think sometimes we're standing in the middle. Like, I love Jesus, but I love sin too. So uh-uh, he says, nope, you're just going right over there. You're still in sin. You're, you're not in me because there's no middle ground, right? We're either in sin or we are in Christ. And that is important to know that we are on his side because if we are in Christ, we are saved. And if we are in sin, it means that we are his enemies and we will be destroyed. So once we are converted and born again, God puts his spirit on the inside of us. Oh, that we would cater to his spirit and not our flesh. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you're born again, God puts his spirit on the inside of you. And oh, that we would cater to that new spirit. Oh, if we would say, you know what? I'm going to care for my new spirit today. I'm going to forget about social media. I'm going to forget about television. I'm going to forget about all these things that my flesh asks for. Anyone else out there have some flesh that asks for some stuff throughout the day? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's, it's the flesh that doesn't want you to read the Word of God. It's your flesh that doesn't want you in the Bible. It's your flesh that doesn't want you serving God. But oh, that we would serve that new spirit that lives on the inside of us. Oh, that we would only humble ourselves. None of us are powerful enough to overcome God. God crushes all of his enemies even Satan has been crushed under his feet. Satan's just waiting for his final destination, which is going to be the lake of fire. And all the angels that fell with Satan, they have been prepared for this lake of fire. No person was ever meant to go to the lake of fire. It was only prepared for Satan and the demons. However, when we use our free will to sin and resist God and refuse the gift of salvation, then we receive the same punishment as all those who refuse to humble themselves to the mighty hand of God. So the way that you win this fight, the way that we begin to express authority in this earth through Jesus Christ, is we first have to humble ourselves. The worst state of mind you could ever have is, I don't need God yet. Or I'll, I'll give my life to God when I'm older. I'm still having fun right now. The problem is that you've got this mechanism in your heart and in your body called a heart. And it's got only so many beats in it. This watch I'm wearing, it's got a battery in it. And one day this clock's going to stop ticking. And I'm telling you the truth about your hearts as well. You see, you, you've got to always say that today is the day you hear what I'm saying? You can never say, I'll get right with God tomorrow because you don't know when your heart's going to stop working. So you've got to say, today is the day. And now is the time that I will give my heart and my life to God. We will not resist him. We will be humble. Let's go to James chapter 4, beginning in verse 5 through 7. Here we learn that humble is the way high. That when we humble ourselves, God brings us up to him. When we humble ourselves, our enemies become his enemies. But if you think that you can fight this life and you can beat the enemy on your own, you cannot. You see the devil is very powerful apart from God. If we don't humble ourselves to God and say, "God, I'm not going to resist you anymore. I'm going to humble myself to you." Then God knows, then God knows who's on his side. If there is a mighty sword A mighty sickle that's going to go through this earth and cut off the heads of God's opposition. The only ones whose heads will not be cut off are those who are bowed. No different than when the death angel came to Israel and the only ones that were saved were the ones who had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. So when you have received the blood of Jesus Christ, when you have received his salvation, when you have said, God, I do not oppose you anymore, you are no longer his enemy, you have peace with God. So have you done that? Listen to me, good people are still God's enemies. I had to say that, listen to me. Good people are still God's enemies. What does that mean? Because there's a lie in this world that says that you can be a good person and go to heaven. If good people can go to heaven, then why did Jesus die? Right? So the people that go to heaven are those that have believed on Jesus Christ for their salvation, those that have been blood-bought. So it's not in our goodness. That's That's what the law showed us. All those laws showed us that there's no goodness in men. Right? All the goodness belongs to Jesus Christ, and he is the one that has came to save us, and it is by his name alone that we are saved, so we must humble ourselves. We do have an enemy in this world. His name is Satan, and he hates God, and he hates God's people, but the only way we're going to be able to beat him is if we humble ourselves and enter into a covenant with Jesus Christ, the one who has already defeated him. We're in James chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. If you don't think Satan is real, you're no different than a fool that does not think God is real. It's just as foolish to not believe in Satan as it is to not believe in God. And if you don't think Satan is real, just watch what his people are doing right now all over the television, they're just bold with it. They're having satanic rituals on award shows. They're doing all kinds of crazy things in this world because he is real and he's controlling them just like God is controlling us. So how are we gonna beat this foe named Satan? James 4, 5 through 7 says this. Do you think that scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate. Remember, that the spirit he has placed within us should also be faithful to him. When you're born again, you get a new spirit. And God is saying that new spirit that he has placed in you, he is expecting that your new spirit would be faithful to him. What does that mean? One lover. What does that mean? Uh, uh, my allegiance is with just one, and it is Jesus. So when Jesus gave you a new spirit, he expects that that spirit be a, 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 a loyal to him and faithful to him. Verse 6, and he gives grace generally, generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So listen up. We're in verse seven, so we're gonna see how we beat the enemy as believers, how Christians beat the enemy, how we have power over the enemy. It says this, the first thing we have to do is this, so humble yourselves before God. Why? Because he is the Lord of heaven's armies, because he is the king of kings, because he is the Lord of lords. So I've got to humble myself to you, right? So humble yourselves before God, then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Did you know that was in your Bible? So if you're you're ever against any kind of satanic opposition in your life and you say, man, why can't I shake this thing? The first thing you need to do is say, have I truly humbled myself to God and to his power? So in order to exercise our authority in Christ, we must first be under the authority of Christ. God resists the proud, and there is another force that is ready to accept them. So if you, are, if you are unwilling to have God, if you are unwilling to give your whole life to God, if you are unwilling to humble yourself to him, the Bible says that he will resist you. And as soon as you are resisted, there's another force in this world that's ready to accept you. And that is the enemy. Those are the sons of disobedience. There's only two places to go, in sin or in Christ. I've humbled myself to God and I serve him, or I am serving sin. And if we serve sin, we're under the influence of the enemy. That is why humbling ourselves is so important. Pride has to go. Proverbs 16 and 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction and hardiness before a fall. We see the reason that Satan was kicked out of heaven was because of a pride issue. So we cannot have pride in us. We have to make a decision today, who will you serve? And if you will serve God and humble yourself to him, then all the power of God will be on on your side because you will be in his kingdom and under his authority. Let's go to Philippians chapter two, verses eight through 11. We're learning the importance of being humble. God will not take us if we're not humble. We will not have his power if we are not humble. Many of us try to lean to our own understanding sometimes, but God resists us because he wants to be in control of our lives because he is in control of the spirit that he has put inside of us. We're in Philippians now, verse 8, chapter 2. This is about Jesus. It says he, this is Jesus now, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. You see, the way high, church, is you have to go low, right? Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow. Father, wherever that uh, siren is going, we just pray for your sovereign uh, power to be there right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Intercessors be in prayer over this word. So it says here that Jesus humbled himself. And God gave him a name above all names. So when we humble ourselves, we're given access to use the authority of that name. So Jesus humbled himself, and his name was put above every other name. So what happens to us when we humble ourselves? When we humble ourselves under the name of Jesus, We now have been given the authority and the access to use the name of Jesus, in which all power comes through. Let's continue. So, we have to see now that we've been chosen for this. Can you say this with me, church? I have been chosen. All right, come on. I believe a revival is is, is starting right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that as your church hears this truth, no different than the first church, that a revival can start in our houses and a revival can start in our city. God, because we're being equipped with the truth of your gospel. And may the power of your living word, Lord, may it be wielded in us who will believe and humble ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have been chosen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. It says, This remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So before God called us, uh, everyone, we were foolish and we were weak. Verse 28, God chose those things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. So what we have to do now, church, knowing this, is we have to begin to remember the lowliness that we came from. I know you're saved now, and I know you got yourself together now, but for a moment, we need to think back to where God brought us from. We haven't always had it together. We haven't always went this long without a drink. We haven't always went this long without cussing. We haven't always went this long without fornicating. We haven't always went this long without lying. God definitely did something to us because we have not stopped sinning all by ourselves. Something happened to us. There must be something about that name of Jesus which enabled us to stop going towards death and start walking towards the light and coming towards life. Something had to happen. Remember when we were slaves to sin? Remember when we couldn't just we couldn't even help ourselves? But now God has freed us from our sins, and now He has given us power and authority. We were the foolish ones. I am the college dropout. I am the one with the DUI. I am the one that was in sin. But now God has chosen to use me to tell of His goodness. But I remember when I was weak. Uh, Elder Eric, do you remember when you were weak? Jim Lewis, do you remember when you were weak? Evan, do you remember when you were weak? You got to remember when you were weak because when you remember when you were weak, you will understand that the power that is living on the inside of you is not from you, that it is from God himself. He's the one that did it. So that's why the Bible says that if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. He is the one that has done this for us. It says that none of us can boast in the presence of God. So this is what you have to remember, that right now, you're in the presence of God. Not because you're in a church, but because Jesus lives inside of you. And since he lives inside of you, we cannot boast. Church, can you say this with me? I have been chosen. All right, now, since you've been chosen, you got to see that you've been sent as well. Not just sent to church. Man, this world will never change if all you ever do is get all this good teaching and preaching and worship, and then when you leave, that's it. Just quiet to the next time. Nobody even knows I'm a Christian until I leave early on Sunday morning, because where else would you be going? Come on, we've got to shake this world up. All that power that's on the inside of you, it's time to shake this world up. I'm glad about the Asbury Revival. That was beautiful. But I'm also waiting for a day where we kick the doors open in bars and we take the glory of God places where it's not even welcome. I I love what happened there on those church grounds, but I'm ready for God to go visit some places where his spirit has not been welcome. Amen? Thank you, all 6.4 of you. God has to wake us up. Say this with me I have been, I have been. sent. We're in Luke chapter 10 verses one through three. It says this now, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. That's revival, right? When he sends people to places where he plans to visit, I will never knock what happened at Asbury, but there's a greater revival coming where he sends us places where he wants to visit and we are the ones that he will send. Where do you work? Who, who is your employer? God wants to have a revival right in the break room right there, where the glory of God hits the plant and no one can do anything but pray and worship. And you might think, well, that's impossible. Matthew 19:26 says, Yes, for with men, it is impossible. But with God, All things are possible. I just want the church to wake up. I just want dry bones to come alive. I just want you to realize that the power of God is ready to do something in this earth, that the earth is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. I'm not a motivational speaker. And sometimes I think that's what people see a preacher as, that you come on a Sunday morning and you get your little motivational speech And then you go on back into the world, and you don't really change much around you. Say this with me. I am. Hallelujah! Say this with me. I am am a change agent. agent. I am am revival. revival. I am am salt. salt. I am 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 light. light. The I am am. lives in me. Come on, we got too many Christians for, even in this church, for Lima not to be turned upside down already. What are we waiting for? When is orientation over? Too many times, church is just orientation. Oh, let's hear what they used to do. Let's hear what we could do instead of not understanding that this is a living word. That what you hear today, that you can do today. Oh, I wish you would catch that. That what you hear today, you can do today. It's not something that you can do tomorrow or something that was 2,000 years ago. That this is a living word and you can do it all right now, but you got to break out of pride too many of us are scared to shake things up because you're worried about what people think about you. Forget them, they're God's enemies. Forget what they think about you. You need to save them from the death and deception that they're living under. But we just want to be quiet while people are going to hell all around us. When are we going to allow the fire of God to overcome our fears, to overcome this flesh, that we may be the sent ones. Let's see what he says here. Verse 2, these were his instructions to him. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. It doesn't say ask him to send more churchgoers into his church. It says workers into his fields. Listen to me. You are workers. You're not just churchgoers. You are workers. You are servants of the Most High God. And he's given you a plan. And he's given you a purpose. And he's given you power. And verse 3 says, now go go. You hear what he said? I know we're not supposed to forsake the gathering of ourselves, but in this, this scripture it says, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. So he says, I chose you, I sent you, but then he says this, you will be opposed just as lambs who have no defense against wolves. So as we go, church, We're gonna face demonic forces. As we go, there's gonna be principalities out there and rulers and darkness out there as we go, but we don't go alone. Let's go to John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And I'm telling you this, I included this in the message so that you would understand that Jesus was not just talking to the original 12 disciples or the 72 disciples, but he's talking to us today too. Because if we're still alive, if we're still on this earth and God has a plan still to use us, the reason that he's not come back is because his mercy is strong and long and he doesn't want anyone to perish, but we've got work to do. So here's proof. That he wasn't just talking to the original disciples this is his last prayer for his disciples john 17 beginning in verse 20. i am praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message that's us i pray that they will all be one just as you and i are one as you're in me father and i am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me I have given them the glory you gave me. You've got this glory. So they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So the Bible says this, if you believe in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are a disciple currently who is one with Jesus. How powerful is that? That if you believe the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are one with Jesus Christ just as much as the the 12 and the 72. So we are one in glory, we are one in unity, and we are one in love. So now we see that we've been chosen, we've been sent, and now I have to tell you that we've been authorized. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 16. It says this, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs. Church, can you say signs? Father, I pray now for signs to be among us. See, some of us have been shamed by other denominations to think there are no more signs. You've been shamed into thinking that, oh, God doesn't do that anymore, and God doesn't do that anymore. My question is this. Why is it that the devil's still allowed to do everything he's been doing, but all of a sudden that the church has no more power? To whose advantage is that? If if there's no more signs and no more miracles and no more healings, but the work of Satan can continue, to whose kingdom does that have an advantage to? The devil's kingdom. So that's a lie from the pit of hell that God doesn't still move in power and in signs and in miracles in this world. Don't you believe that lie, even if it comes from a church? Praise the Lord. If this is your first time here, I'm not yelling at you. I just get very passionate about the Word of God. I am so glad you chose to visit New Life Christian Ministries this morning. God bless you. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will, it doesn't say for a short time, they will cast out demons in my name, they will speak in new languages, they will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. See, we exercise God's authority through the strategy of obedience to see triumph all in his name. It's all about the name of Jesus. So if the signs and the miracles and the healing have stopped, my question is, can someone tell me when the name of Jesus lost its power? Can you point me to that when that happened? It did not happen. His name for all of eternity has power. He's been given a name that will always work and bring out the miraculous. He came to destroy the works of Satan. So wherever Satan is working, the name of Jesus Christ can be invoked, and we will see that thing come to an end by the power and timing of God. Let's go now to Luke chapter 10, verses 16 through 20. I'm talking about how you were authorized. I hope you didn't miss that, what I just read that he says anyone who believes, it doesn't say the original 12 disciples, it didn't say the 72 disciples, it says what? Anyone who believes, it says what? Anyone who believes and is, is baptized will be saved. And it continues to say what we will be able to do in his name. Church, you are authorized. Luke 10, 16 through 20 says this. Then he said to his disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. Now, listen to what the original 72 returned saying. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. You see, that was a testimony. Sister Dawn stood up here a little bit ago and gave a testimony. Sister Lindsay stood up here a little bit ago and gave a testimony. That's how I know that the name of Jesus Christ still works because there are still testimonies happening in this day and age. So that means that God's power is still mighty. Amen? Who's got a testimony? Make some noise if you got any testimony, any kind of testimony ever. Come on. That means the power of God is alive and active. If we take away his power, then we take away his testimonies. If we take away the testimony, then the word of God says that that's the way that we overcame, right? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of our what? Testimony. If there's no power, then there's no testimony. Let's keep going here. All right, the authorization. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Now, this is the Damien Tibbs translation of the Bible. After they said that, I could hear him saying, duh. I mean, that's what I told you it was going to do. That's what I told you what would happen, right? And as long as we continue to believe this, we can keep having these duh moments with God, right? Every moment, I know God is, is happy and excited about every time he heals us and every time he does something us because we believed it, but from heaven, it really is a duh moment because I told you, I told you you could do it in my name. I told you there was power in my name. I told you I could heal the marriage. I told you I could bless your finances. I told you... And that's why Jesus was so frustrated with the disciples while he was here, because he says, why is your faith so small? Right? We just got to believe. Verse 18, after they gave that report, listen to what Jesus said. Yes. I'm so glad I didn't translate the Bible because Jesus didn't say, duh. He said, yes. He told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority. Over all the power of the enemy. He's not just talking to the 72 right now. He's talking to you, all who would believe. You better listen up if you're tired of what the devil has been doing in your life. And listen to me. It's not bad luck, right? These sicknesses that you keep going through, the headaches, the depression, the migraines, a lot of this stuff is the work of Satan. Do you understand me? It's not, it's not just random colds, it's not just random depression, it's not just random uh, suicidal thoughts, it's not just random addiction, it's called the works of Satan. And Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. So if you ever find yourself in a sinful cycle, you just can't shake loose from it. I can't leave the drinking alone. I can't leave the smoking alone. I can't leave the fornication alone. You've got to understand that you've got help. So just like the Christian has helped to obey God, the sinner has helped to disobey. The sinner has this thing called strongholds sometimes right demonic forces and powers that are working against us to leading us into disobedience further although the devil cannot make you disobey he sure can make a way for you to. man that was good satan can't make you disobey but he can make he can present the opportunity He couldn't make Jesus sin, but he presented the opportunity. He couldn't make Jesus turn the stone into bread, but he could present the opportunity. He couldn't make Jesus throw himself off the temple, but he could present the opportunity. So Satan doesn't make us do anything. He just presents the opportunity. And if lust is living inside of you and and the opportunity presents itself through temptation, that's when we fall into sin. So, we got to deal with the power of lust on the inside of us to be free from that sin, and God will show us his deliverance. But what you need to know in this moment, is that it says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. This isn't talking about just natural snakes and scorpions. This is talking about demonic powers as well. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits, excuse me, obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So more then the original disciples received authority. It wasn't just them, it's us too, right? It's us too, we have authority over the enemy now. The reason some of us can't flex our authority over the enemy is because we're still under some of the authority of the enemy. And that's where we need to be set free. Some of us, you can, you can still be a Christian, you can still be a believer, and still have influences of the enemy and attacks of the enemy coming against you. You see, he is a liar, right? And so all he has to do is present a lie to you to make him, to give you, uh, to, give, to allow you to give access to him and begin to bring uh, his condemnation on you and his, his, his lies towards you. you you've got to catch this. Adam and Eve were in perfection in the garden. They had not sinned yet. But Satan was there, and he began to lie and to tempt them, right? They were they were perfect, right? They had not sinned yet, but still the tempter and the liar was there. So you can be a born-again believer and still have these evil spirits in this earth lying to you, trying to tempt you so that they can come in and begin to operate the madness in which they want to bring to your life. So a Christian has no reason messing with crystals or Ouija boards or horoscopes or any of those or going to a psychic or a palm reader. Any of that stuff is not cute. That's an opening for the power of Satan to come into your life. You don't want to open the door for that. There's a lot of demonic music. If it's not Christian music, I'm sorry, it's going to have some kind of demonic influence to it. I don't care if he's just singing about how his dog ran away and the truck's gone and Betty Jean's left there's something in that that's demonic right because the enemy desires to steal to kill and to destroy so if I'm listening to music talking about how my wife left and my dog got hit by a car and all this stuff I'm gonna come into agreement with whatever I'm listening to and I'm gonna open up my ears to have an expectation for loss and that's why they call it the blues you should not be listening to the blues as a Christian when we've got the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ and we can listen and to sing songs about salvation and songs about his goodness. You gotta be careful because Satan was an angel in heaven and he was in charge of the worship. He was in charge of the worship. So he can transform himself while he's down here to an angel of light. So you can say, oh, there's nothing wrong with that song. Nothing at all. But the enemy, there's see, the power is in the words. You see? Oh, no, I just like the beat. Mm-mm. That, beat is just to, to, that beat is just to get your mind in sync and ready to receive what those words are saying. Be very careful of not only the music you listen to, but the programs you watch as well. Well, how will I know what to watch? The Holy Spirit lives on the end. Woo! Amen. Woo. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of a believer now, and the Bible says to grieve not the Holy Spirit. So if you're sitting up there and you're watching a program and it has nudity and profanity and murder and all those things in it, then you're subjecting the Spirit of God to that too because you where he lives. Now, if I were to show some kind of rated R movie on this screen today, many of you would be so upset at me and say, well, how could you show that in the house of God? But yet we'll play it in our own homes and have no problem with it at all. The power of God does not live in this building. The power of God lives in you. You are his temple. You are where he lives. So you got to be careful. Don't give the devil a door to climb into your life through. If you got people you're mad at, you better forgive them because that's a door the enemy can come in and begin to use you. The enemy comes in in so many different ways. That's why it's best to just walk by the Spirit and fulfill not the lust of the flesh. I need to tell you this because you're fighting a battle against an enemy that's not flesh and blood. I need to tell you this because you've got authority against this enemy. And some of us have got too comfortable living with Satan and his power in our lives. And we think it's just always going to be this way, but it does not have to be this way. You do not have to curse. You do not have to be addicted to those websites. You do not have to be addicted to substances. That is a lie from the pit of hell because who the Son set free my Bible says, is free indeed, free all the way free, and this is the authority that he has given us. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, so our greatest reason, however, to rejoice is not because the authority of we have over evil spirits, but because our name is written in heaven. Kimberly, can you come up? because that's like the closing music, and if I don't have closing music, I'll preach forever. All right, let's keep going. Now, we're gonna learn how to resist the resistance, right? So we have to resist the resistance. So you may think to yourself, well, if God has given us all power and authority, then why do we have to resist anything? And, 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 And let me give you this example. So I've got a badge from the Allen County Sheriff's Office in my back pocket, right? I've got some authority that has come through me, right? That, that, that's been given to me, but I don't go to work like this. I mean, if I was a d- detective or undercover, I'd be dressed like this. But when I go to work, man, I got on a bulletproof vest. I got a baton. I've got handcuffs. They give me pepper spray. They give me, a, they give me a gun with full of bullets there. I got extra bullets here, extra bullets here. I've got a stun gun. I've got a, a radio to call for more help. So they say, well, wait a minute. If they've given you authority, then why do you need all that other stuff? The reason that we need... Whew, I feel God all over this place. The, the reason, the reason that, that we have weapons with our authority is because sometimes the enemy doesn't comply. Police officers have badges, but sometimes the badge doesn't work. Sometimes we say, freeze, get down, put the gun down, put the gun down. They know we're a police officer. They see the badge, they hear the authority, but they don't comply. And sometimes they'll shoot right at us, they don't care. They'll shoot at us. They'll cuss us out. They'll try to stab us. That badge don't mean nothing to them. So when the authority, if, if people obeyed the authority, there'd be no reason for the weapons. But because there's opposition, God has given us weapons as well. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it says this, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we know that the name of Jesus is mighty power. So we need to be strong in him and in his name. But it says this put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers. God's going to save some people today. but but don't let God harden your heart. Here's what I'm hearing right now. There's some people that God wants to save today, but, and your heart is open right now, but the enemy's gonna work hard to close it before I ask you to come up here for salvation. So Satan, the Lord rebuke you now in Jesus' name. You will not close any hearts. They've heard the gospel and they will be saved and they will be set free. You've got no power that can keep them in hell. Your power is broken right now. They will be set free and they will be saved their hearts will remain open, their ears will remain open to hear the rest of this word in Jesus' name. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh, flesh flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, yes, God gave us authority, But the ones we have authority over, they don't go down so easy. And that's why he has to give us more than just authority. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the whose ground? your ground the ground that god has given us through his mighty name Woo! so that means that, that that means that your house is your ground That if the enemy is trying to come against your house, that's your ground. And the children that you raised and they're living somewhere else, you can still say, you know what? That's my ground too, because that's the seed that came from me. And I said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I take authority over the ground where my children are living, God. And I say, that's your ground too and you begin to fight the demons that your children cannot fight because they have not humbled themselves to God but you have so you can take over their ground some of you need to go to where your children their house and you need to get some anointing oil and you need to begin to walk through the house and take authority over everything that's there and say Satan you've got no power in here I raised them differently than this Satan the Lord rebuke you I plead the blood of Jesus over this home God I give you glory for giving my children this house we declare that this is your home. And Lord, we raised them better than this. And we decree now in Jesus' name that none of our children will be lost. Lord, you saved Noah and his family. You saved Rahab and her family. Lord, don't forget about me. Don't forget my children, Lord. And we just take authority now in Jesus' name over every demonic power that has our children under their influence. And we say, be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Just church, say be Be free, especially if you've got kids that aren't serving God. Just begin to say, be free, be free, and just call them by name. Begin to call them not by name. Say, be free, be free say each of their names. You don't got to yell it, but just start saying it. You got to do it while it's hot. You got to do it while the Spirit is moving. You got to do it while he's ready to save. You got to do it while he's ready to set free. Just say, be free, be free, and use the name of Jesus. Say, in Jesus' name, I want Tommy to be free. In Jesus' name, Johnny, be free. In Jesus' name, Stephanie, be free. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be free. That's the name above every name. The enemy has no power against that name. That is the name that makes demons tremble. It's the name of Jesus Christ alone. Be free, be free, be free. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. I told you they shoot back. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be precise in your prayers for believers everywhere. Our resistance doesn't always immediately mean that the enemy will comply. What we have to do is just say this, when a police officer is trying to arrest someone, They say, stop resisting, stop resisting, because if they don't resist, they're able to escalate the force that's being used against them. So when you come against the enemy and he still keeps resisting, you've got truth to fight with. You've got righteousness to fight with. You've got peace to fight with. You've got faith to fight with. You've got salvation to fight with. And finally, you've got the word of God in which to fight with. Let's stand to our feet this morning. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that the sick are healed. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that the oppressed are set free. There's power in this name. There's power in this name. And you've got to begin to start using it. Peter and John were headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a lame man who was sitting outside of the temple, who was there daily begging for for money. And as Peter and John walked by and saw him there, they walked up to him, and thinking that he was going to give them some money, he said this, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have, church can you say this with me, such as I have, I told you that you've been called, and I told you that you've been authorized, and I told you that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. So you have the ability to use that power. So this man was crippled, and money was not going to help him. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. Church, can you say this with me? But such as I have. See, Peter knew what he had, and we've got to know what we have in the name of Jesus. He says, such as I have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, immediately he sprang to his feet and began leaping for joy and ran into the temple, praising God. And they began to look astounding, saying, isn't this the one who Beg daily at the temple for our money. What has happened to him? Church, revival happens when such as you have is released into this world. We give them everything but God. We talk about the weather. We talk about sports, and they're still bound in sin. They're still sick. They have the demonic oppression still. We give them everything. We give them invitations to church, but we refuse to invoke the name of Jesus Christ right there on the spot that can set them free. Peter didn't say, if you just come into the temple, we can pray. The pastor can pray for you. We'll carry you in there so the pastor can pray for you. That's not what happened. They said, such as I have. Let me tell you something else that Peter did not do. Peter did not pray for him. Peter did not pray. Peter simply used the authority in which Jesus Christ has given his believers, and Peter said, such as I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He did not pray. He didn't say, Jesus, I know you can heal this man. Jesus, would you raise him up? Jesus, would you do this? Jesus, would you do that? Why? Because Peter remembers this, I have given you authority that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And Jesus, and Peter knew that. So he said, such as I have, Church, say this with me. Come on, we got to believe this. Such Such as I have. Come on, you've got something. You've got something living on the inside of you that is stronger than what the devil is doing in this world. For the Word of God says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Such as I have. You've got to have faith in what you've already been given. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have given them this word that you have given to me. You have authorized us to resist. You have given us all the power over the enemy, God. You've given us so much power that we can even rebuke ourselves sometimes, God. We can rebuke what the enemy's trying to make us think. That we can take captive over our own thoughts, God. And we can just allow you, Holy Spirit, to reign and to rule on the inside of us. In our holy Spirit, we declare this to be a holy moment. This is a holy moment. Turn up the fire in here God. Turn up your presence in here God. Make the ground holy God. Make every demon tremble in this moment God. We say oppressed be set free right now in Jesus name. That anyone that is oppressed be set free now. Depression leave now in the name of Jesus. Anxiety leave now in the name of Jesus. Sickness leave now in the name of Jesus. Death leave now in the name Name of Jesus. Suicidal thoughts, leave now in the name of Jesus. Pride, leave now in the name of Jesus. We, ca- we cancel your assignment. Leviathan, we cancel you now in Jesus name. Every python spirit, we cancel you now in Jesus name. We command you to leave now. Every Jezebel spirit, we cancel you now in Jesus name. You've got no power, no authority to be on these people. Every Addiction, we cancel you now in Jesus' name. Lust, you must leave now in the name of Jesus. Set the captives free. Set the captives free. Now, if you want to give your life to Jesus, today's going to be the easiest time you've ever done it before today is going to be easy for you. You're not going to have any fear. You're not going to have any shame. There's not going to be any weight on your feet. You're not going to be worried about who's looking at you or who's looking around because you're going to say, I must be saved. How can I be saved? Come to the front altar here right now. If you want to give your life to Jesus, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You need to come quickly and say, Lord, I